And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, did you miss me? It's okay if you didn't. I won't take too much offense to that, I promise. It, um, I should probably reintroduce myself because it's been a while. My name, um, as the, the nice man just said, is, uh, is Darren. I'm Darren Starr. I'm your host on this podcast, coming back from the grave here. So, um, what is this? Episode 170. Holy crap. Okay. When was the last episode of this? Um, I need to go here. Okay, let's check this out. Date modified. Last one, May 15th. Holy crap. Oh, my God. I've got some catching up to do. I'm so sorry, guys. I suck. I have no excuse. Uh, well, there's all kinds of excuses. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, there's rioting in the streets. American democracy is under threat right now. Oh, my God. Um, I don't care. Well, I care, but we're not going to talk about any of this crap here. Uh, we got other things to worry about. We got, we got more important shit to talk about. Like, um, well, I don't know, but some people have called in with stuff. So there's questions. There's questions. Awesome. One of the benefits of not doing a podcast for almost three weeks is there's a backlog of voicemails to go over. So we're going to do that. We're going to get to that. In fact, I'm going to shock everybody right now. I'm calling an audible. I'm going to scare the crap out of all y'all. You have no idea what's coming here. Okay. I'm unpredictable. If nothing, I'm going to jump right into it. Holy crap. Hey, Darren. It's Aaron from Minneapolis. I just wanted to share some quarantine uh, experience feedback for you. I know you got some positive messages last week, and I know I've mentioned to you how challenging it is working from home and trying to be a mom, keep my kids busy, um, manage my job, fit in my workouts, my meal prep. Um, So that has been extremely challenging. Last week, I made it one minute and eight seconds through my cardio spin session before getting interrupted for snacks after telling them that this is the me time. Uh, so it's, it's distracting. Um, there's a lot of uh, people around me at all times, and that's been hard. Um, but the silver lining is that working out has always been kind of my private hobby. It's been uh, something I do alone, and my children have really never seen me working out as I, I hadn't really even thought about it. Um, but now that they see me, doing my home workouts, lifting. I have my spin bike now. They're really curious around uh, working out and exercise and doing assisted pull-ups on their monkey bars and doing some yoga poses and sort of really making it um, a family affair, so to speak. And I know um, there's a lot of downside to this, but I I do see that as something that's positive um, for me to show them uh, what what it looks like to to live in a healthy lifestyle and be active. And um, for that part, I'm grateful. Um, but I still can't wait to get out back to the gym and, and then back to school or camp or whatever the future might hold. So just wanted to share a balanced uh, view on the quarantine. Hope all's well. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, you said get the schools, uh, get the kids back to school or whatever. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, labor camps, anything, anything. Get them out of the house. Go do, go pick up trash on the highway. It doesn't matter. Just something. Um, speaking as a guy who doesn't have kids, of course. Um, so, yeah, what we need to do here, I think, and that's all cool. I, I love the perspective on that. That's cool. Um, I think what we need to do is brainstorm for you something better than, you know, trying to claim me time because having been a kid before myself, I know that if ever I heard that from a parent, I'm like, 
screw that. It's always about me. So you time should involve me too. Um, so, you know, because kids are the center of their own universe, right? So I think you need something better than that. Something like, um, what is something that kids definitely don't want to be involved in? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to, oh, here's what it is. I'm going to go into the room with all the exercise equipment, but I'm taking this laundry basket with me and I'm going to come in here and fold clothes. And if you interrupt me, you have to help. Oh, I like that. I'm just trying to think of what would deter me as like a, an eight or a 10 year old or something like that. Like anything laundry related is what it took to, to get me like to scatter like a cockroach. So I think really Aaron, what the problem is, is you just need to be a little bit more creative on what you're doing here. You know, a lie, eh, maybe, but let's not get caught up, caught up in semantics there. It doesn't have to necessarily be a lie. It could just be, you know, because maybe you take the clothes in there and you do fold them. You just happen to do a cardio session first, you know. So, you know, you're still being honest there. I, I think, you know, if, if you have any qualms about being dishonest with your kids, I think you can work through that. I think a lot of people would do anything just to get like 30 minutes of peaceful time. But hopefully also this will be something that is not going to go on long term. Hopefully, you know, I know in, in Minnesota, I don't think your gyms are open up yet. And, and certainly with recent events, it's probably putting a little bit more of a delay on things there. I'm not sure exactly what the, the current state of affairs is. But nonetheless, um, there is light at the end of the tunnel still. What do we got next? Hey, Darren. It's Bethany from down here in Georgia. Um, so my question is about I've heard um, it's not good to eat um, fats and carbs together as far as if you're in a fat loss phase because it. Carbs open up your, the insulin and cause your cells to open up and therefore makes it easier for your body to store the fat that you're eating. So I was just calling to see what your opinion was about that question, if you heard anything about it, um, any advice, if you think that is true or not. And thanks for making these podcasts. I really enjoy them. Bye. Hey, Bethany, thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. So good question there. Um, and I would uh, I would challenge the premise of that question a little bit. You know, you listen to this at all, then you know that I'm always, I'm always going to try to pick apart something. And one of the things that I like to do is, you know, look at a statement and, and compare it to my own personal experience and see if it holds up. Um, but you talked about, um, you know, the, the, the carbs that you eat, um, uh, triggering an insulin, uh, insulin release that opens up the cells to, uh, take in the fat that you eat. Well, the problem is it's, you know, dietary fat and body fat, are, they have no direct relation to one another. Other, any calorie does, but, you know, think of those as being like, here's, the, here's a, a good analogy. Uh, you measure, if you are uh, metrically inclined, um, you might measure like a serving of rice on the food scale in grams, and you might get 100 grams of rice and measure that out. So you've got 100 grams on the scale. It's a serving size, right? Well, that has 28 grams of carbs. Same word. Sounds like you're measuring the same thing. Different units of measurement, though. One is mass. One is energy. So um, the grams of carbs is a measurement for energy. Um, why is it called a gram? I have no idea. Somebody out there with more experience and, and science and maybe chemistry background than me can maybe answer that. I have no idea. Um, but it's sa same, same word, totally different concept. Same thing here. Dietary fat and body fat, same thing. You, you could call dietary fats flurbs instead. So I've got proteins, carbs, and flurbs. Um, and that might, might be more useful to our discourse long term simply because then we're not associating dietary fat with body fat. 
you know, any more than, you know, we could call carbs fats if they just had a different name. Same thing. It, it does not have a direct relationship on, um, on body fat. It has some relationship in that they all do. Proteins, carbs, and fats all do. If you go over on any of those, you can accumulate body fat for sure. There's nothing special about dietary fats that make it easier to accumulate body fats on that. So, First of all, I'd pick apart the question a little bit like that. Um, but then I also compare, compare this just at a, a very basic level. Like, you know, does that, um, rather than, than digging in on the science, because, you know, if, if you've listened to this much, you know that I'm, I'm, I like studies, I like research, but I don't get lost in the weeds on those. My question always is always, how does this apply practically? You know, does it apply practically? The results of this study, they might show something or indicate that something has a tendency to do this and that. Is it enough of an effect to be worthwhile? Like, you know, studies show that fasted cardio is more effective. Okay, cool. How much more effective? Oh, 3%. Okay, who cares? 3%. Go to hell. I don't care about that. It's an example. I don't know. There's probably no such study that exists that show that, but I'm giving you an example here. So, um, <clears throat> If, if there's some kind of a study or some kind of research that indicates that that is the case, carbs and fats together, you know, more likely to accumulate body fat, uh, there's probably something out there that does say that. I don't know. It does not jive with any of my experience. Now, there might be more practical reasons for divorcing those two in a meal um, rather than, than legit ones. Um, so what, one thing that I, I might tell somebody, um, re reasons why we might want to segment those out. One would be, you know, your limit on macros, like your calories are fairly low. You don't have a lot of carbs. You don't have a lot of fats. So um, if you put carbs and fats in the same meal, that means you're going to have another meal that probably has none of those. So um, it's just, you know, your, your energy distribution throughout the day is less even. Um, your appetite is going to be a little bit more spiky, and you'll be more inclined to probably stray off plan at that point. So I might say if we have a meal with carbs, let's do another meal that has no carbs but higher fats later, simply to even out your intake, not for any, you know, under-the-hood biological reasons reason, but just to kind of smooth out your intake and hopefully try and keep your appetite a little bit more even. Um, that would be the biggest reason. Um, another reason might be um, if somebody is taking insulin, for example, um, a bodybuilder taking insulin um, post-workout. So uh, you, want, you want that to act on the carbs, not the fats necessarily. Not because the fats are going to be, um, uh, are, are going to to be more inclined to store body fat, but because um, at this point you're, you're focusing, I mean, the, the insulin is directly related to carbs, and so you're trying to get it to respond more efficiently to just the carbs that you're taking in. So it makes sense to take in a lot more of those, keep your fats fairly low. Outside of that, though, now, like, you know, I mean, for me right now, with the way that my diet is set up, um, now I'm not on a deficit currently, so... Um, Actually, I won't even go there. Let me let me refer back to the last time I was cutting, um, which was a while back, but nonetheless, um, I tried an approach where you know my protein was a little bit lower, my fats were a little bit higher, so I had some fats to play with, and I, I incorporated those throughout the day, um, and had several meals um, that had carbs and fats throughout the day. No no adverse effect from that at all. So um, it has not been my experience. Now that being said, I won't be afraid to try that with somebody. Um, and, you know, I, I have done that before and segmented things out. Basically, it works both ways. It, it's kind of like intermittent fasting. Whether you follow it or not, it, there's, there's other things that are more important that are going to influence how successful you are. The, the fact that your meal timing might be 
adhering or not adhering to a certain timing structure really doesn't have too much of an impact on anything. Um, but it's, it's something to try. Um, so I'm not opposed to it, but I, I, it's not a, a tactic that I would typically employ just because, uh, well, for the, for the reasons that you state, like carbs and fats together you know, on a deficit, more likely to, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're talking about gaining body fat or just not losing it as quickly. It has not been my experience. So I wouldn't think too much about that. I'd focus more on just, you know, getting some good targets dialed in and being as consistent as possible with how you attack those. Hey, Darren. It's Bethany again. Um, so I thought of another question, and it is in regards to, um, like, improvement season or off-season cardio. So do you think it has an effect on once you start prep, if you're already doing, say, three 30-minute sessions a week, do you think that would have a, like, detrimental or, like, inhibitory effect on your ability to make progress in prep? Because I don't know about anybody else, but I know if I ever want to play a basketball game or do anything cardio-wise, I would like to do it without, you know, five, ten minutes in dying, you know, just to keep my heart healthy, lungs healthy, things like that. So do you think it um, can have a, like, harmful effect on starting prep and seeing progress if you're doing cardio during your off-season. Thanks. Bye. That's a really good one, Bethany. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So this is one where, you know, once again, I'm of a couple minds on this. There's, there's, there isn't really a hard and fast rule. It just depends on each person. And so um, I'll lay out a couple scenarios here. Um, one, um, well, let's just, there's, there's two main variables that I'm concerned with here. So let me back up and we're going to divide this into quadrants. So if we grid this thing out, um, there's two, uh, possible, uh, what protocols for cardio here, um, in the off season. One of those is, okay, we keep some in, maybe we're fairly aggressive with it. We keep some in, it's moderate, it's more than a minimum. So let's say, you know, it's three or more sessions per week, something like that. And, uh, the other option is we keep cardio at a minimum, like none, or maybe a session a week or something like that. And then, um, those are our like X axis options, our Y axis options to complete the grid are the potential outcomes where um, during the off season we stay nice and lean and the other option is where we don't. Um, so you can see like there's possible um, probabilities that you might throw into each one of those four quadrants here. So let's say you keep cardio high and you don't remain lean in the off season. I'd say that's unlikely. Um, but it's certainly possible, you know, if you're really lazy with your macros and you're trying to, you know, cardio your way through a crappy diet, you're still going to be less lean and you're setting yourself up for a really bad time because then, you know, your cardio is already high. You're already doing like, you know, pre-contest levels of cardio. Um, so then when it comes time to make the switch and come back into a deficit, um, it's like my, my biggest concern there isn't so much the practical concerns of, you know, or the, the biological and physiological concerns, but more like, uh, are we going to be able to flip the switch? You know, we've been doing a lot of cardio. We've been in this phase here. And I'm, again, I'm making some broad general assumptions where we haven't been following things well. We've been trying to cardio our way through it. You know, are we going to be able to flip the switch and get everything back to where it needs to be as far as adherence goes um, when the time is right? let's say we keep cardio up and we stay relatively lean. Now I would say that's probably the best option of all. Well, no, <laughs> the best option would be we're not really doing any cardio and we're still staying pretty lean. And of course the diet's another variable to, to be considered in here as well. So if we are doing um, a lot of cardio and staying relatively lean, but we're doing that because you know we're, we have our calories relatively low, chances are for an improvement season, we're probably not improving too much. Um, 
So that's another thing to consider is, you know, is the goal really to stay lean or is the goal to, you know, improve and grow and build and be better the next time out than we were the first time. Now, if we're not doing much cardio and we're staying lean, that is what I would consider to be the best option because now what that means is that you're probably, and again, the diet's a big, a big uh, factor here. So if you're not doing much cardio and you're staying lean because you're not eating much, that's not really much of an accomplishment because your performance probably sucks here a little bit as well. So really we kind of need this on three axes. We need a Z axis that determines like, you know, well, this needs to be in four dimensions, I guess it's gets, it gets a lot more complicated. I didn't think this through before I started talking here. So (laughs) there's a lot of things to consider. So let's dial it back a little bit. And let's just talk about cardio. If you're doing little cardio in the off season and you're staying lean, that's going to be a good thing um, for the most part, because then when the time comes and we need to get leaner still, we've got a lot more headroom to work with on cardio. Um, If you're, not doing much cardio and not staying terribly lean. Again, that's not a terrible outcome just because that's not necessarily the goal during the offseason to stay nice and lean. If you're growing and we're making good progress, cool. I think it's always probably a little bit more beneficial to keep cardio low for that reason just because it, it's like we want to keep calories high while still staying relatively lean because then when we drop them, we have more headroom to work with. Um, so that being said, you know I've worked with people who kind of defy those expectations as well to some extent. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about him before, Max, the guy that I work with, and we're we're kind of back in prep mode now, working for working towards some national show in the future here. Whenever it happens, um, we we had our sights set on one last month, uh, but of course it got pushed back. So, um, he's a guy who during the off season he keeps cardio going six, seven days a week, and he stays pretty dang lean. And then we don't really touch that when it comes time to prep, and instead we're just manipulating carbs and diet, and that's about it. Um, and that works for him. That doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Like that doesn't work for me. Um, during the off season, like I cannot keep my cardio up like that. And it's not so much about like metabolically what it's doing, but it's that I don't have the freaking time to do it. I really don't. So that's why when I go to cut, um, I'm really selective about when that happens because it has to line up. You know, I, I know that the Precision matters a lot more. I know that the time expectation is going to be a lot greater. So I need to make sure that everything in my life is kind of lined up for that. Because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make sure that I go in and I do it all the way. I don't half-ass it. So, um, so Bethany, to, ask your, to, to answer your question, um, how might that impact cardio during prep? It certainly might. But there are a lot of other factors to consider as well. And so the, the diet being the biggest one of those. And also, I would be more concerned about don't worry so much about what you're setting yourself up for during prep because we can always work through that. We can always work through that. Make sure that um, you've, you're in a position where during the off season and during your growth phase, you can really get some good work done then and you can make some great progress. That's what's a lot more important for sure. So kind of be in the moment a little bit. Um, but certainly, if you maintain a little bit of cardio, I'd say a couple sessions a week is good. For me, I do some form of cardio realistically about six days a week on average. And that is like the thing that I just got done doing right now, which is going and walking my dogs. And so you can hear like, I'm a little out of breath, (laughs) not much. Um, but you know, it's, it's a 30 minute walk around the neighborhood. It's hilly. We're, we're stopping and we're peeing on everything. The dogs, not me. Um, and so it, it, it's kind of leisurely, but at the same time, it's like, you know, they're, they're, they've got a good pace going. There's a lot of hills. Then we stop for a second. Okay, then we keep going. So it's one of those kind of things. So during prep, I would, if, 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 uh, if I was asked or told to do five or six cardio sessions a week, I wouldn't count that as any of those. That's just bonus activity that I'm getting in. It does not count as a cardio session. So um, 
I wouldn't count it as that. But during the off season, yeah, it doesn't have to be super intense. You know, I'm trying to gain weight. I'm trying to build muscle. And uh, just doing a little bit of cardio keeps the heart a little bit more conditioned. A little bit. <laughs> you can tell I didn't exactly kill myself. Still kind of out of breath here. Um, so I, I get what you're saying, Bethany, about like basketball and wanting to go like more than 10 minutes and not die. So maintaining some level of cardio performance is never a bad idea. Maintaining some kind of cardio during the off season just to keep kind of an edge on your conditioning is never a bad idea. So um, I'd be less worried about you painting yourself into a corner there. Although certainly if you can get away with less, that's usually optimal. Um, when it comes to programming, I will typically during the off season for most people, ask for one to two sessions a week. And that's about it. Some people more, some people none. Um, but the extremes are a little less common there. But it's a, it's a really good question. But again, I want to make sure above all else that we're focusing on the goal for the phase that you're in more than anything else. Hi, Darren. Cassandra here from Pennsylvania. I've been listening to your podcast for about two months. And on one of your previous podcasts, I heard that you're looking for uh, what people have been doing and how they've been handling the quarantine. So just a little information about what I've been doing is something called 75 hard, where it's more of a mental challenge than physical. Although you can't have any cheat meals for 75 days, you have to get a gallon of water in daily, and you have to have two 45-minute workouts, which one of those has to be outside. Um, for cardio, I originally was running for 20 minutes four times a week, but it is very rough on my knees. So... I've been walking for 45 minutes outside every single day, and for cardio, I've been doing more of like a CrossFit high-intensity uh, session four times a week. Um, my fiancé was able to build a squat rack and a bench press rack, um, so workouts haven't really changed um, due to the gym's closing, but I guess in terms of, you know, having a question for you is, since running is extremely rough on the knees, what is somebody in my situation or anybody else's situation able to do for cardio to get, you know, your heart rate up to burn a few more calories. Hope all is well. Thanks. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Cassandra. And good to, uh, good to hear from you again. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. sounds like you're doing well though, which is great. So, um, yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I, I, I like the, uh, I, I like the general, concept behind what you're doing there that's good and to be clear you don't you don't have to call in with a question it's okay you can you can just call in and talk i don't care <laughs> that's that's totally cool so um i like it so was a hard 75 um i do not think i'm familiar with that let me just see what a quick google search turns up oh oh dear this is not another fitness program mm. uh, okay so already uh <laughs> this this website is doing two things that I don't want. It's got a pop-up asking me to show notifications. We're going to block that. And then uh, it wants me to submit my name and email to continue. I'm going to just X that out. Okay. Pop-ups, pop-ups, pop-ups. Um, so I'm assuming this is the right thing here. It's a transformative mental toughness program. Okay. So um, this is a long page. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Just looking for the details. It, yeah, testimonials, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely zero payment necessary. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. This looks like it looks like a billion other fitness websites that I've seen, but um, it, it sounds interesting. Like, no cheat meals, gallon of water. I'm like, okay, you kind of lost me there. <laughs> 
just from a, a personal perspective, I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> a tough buy-in. That's a tough buy-in. That's a, that's a pretty high vig. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, at any rate, I mean, with it, not really here to criticize the program or anything like that. Anything that encourages people to kind of maintain some kind of a routine, especially something that maybe um, doesn't need to uh, doesn't need to be in a gym, which is cool. So, um, why is it called Hard Seventy Five or Seventy Five Hard? I guess is what it is. Yeah, that that's the one thing I really want to know. Why is it called that? Because you said what two forty five minutes, um, two forty five minute workouts a day. Which just tells me it should be called like 90 hard. I don't know, but that's just me. <laughs> um, so, any, I mean, on its face, it sounds good. So, walking, running, et cetera. Um, I, anyone that's doing a DIY squat rack and bench station build, I'm like, yeah, send me some pictures of that. I want to see that. We can compare and contrast, and I can steal some ideas from you. Because um, I'm still looking to modify my squat rack here as well a little bit. Quick update on that. Um I finally got it pretty well done. So it's a squat rack. It has a pull-up bar on it. It has plate storage built into it. I finally installed cradles to hold the bar for squatting. It has bailout bars that are adjustable in height as well. Um, the bar cradles for squatting are not adjustable because I'm the only one that will use it. So I don't build it to accommodate anybody who's 5'2". It accommodates me. I'm six foot. It's perfect height for me. It's right where I need it. So, um, it's, that's, that's what I wanted. Um, and then I got a pulley system, uh, for it. So this is just one of those with like the pin that clips onto the cable and the pulley straps into the top, et cetera. So, uh, it's good for vertical pulls. Now, I wanted to go the extra mile here, and so I added a low pulley to it. Um, and what I did there was um, through the bottom supports on the sides of the rack, I drilled a hole, and I passed a one-inch uh, uh, galvanized conduit through it. So really, really heavy-duty and strong. Um, and so it, it goes side to side, and it's capped on the end. So it's easy to remove. You can pull it out. You can push it in as you need it. So you just need it if you're going to implement the low pulley. And then I took another pulley um, as opposed to the one on top, a second one down below, and snake the cable so it goes from the loading pin up through the top pulley and then down through the lower pulley. Um, and I had to custom make a cable for that. Thankfully, I have, you know, um, 3 inch uh, stainless steel wire here and the tools and everything that you need to, to make a, a cable of... Uh, adjustable length um and then put a carabiner on it and i'm good to go the problem is that lower pulley that i have is really crappy so it's an amazon one i got like a six pack of them you know it's the right size and everything there's a lot of friction on that thing um and the one thing about the the pulley that came with the kit that i ordered is it's got a plastic wheel uh in the middle which is great because it's very low friction um the ones from amazon are all metal wheels so i need to source a better pulley for that i think it's a it's a good idea in practice. Um, I did have to finagle a, a, a little workaround as well, just because you visualize this stuff. And I'm a guy, I just like to kind of visualize a solution and then start building. Um, what would be a lot smarter? Will you draw a plan out? And then you would see like <laughs> the problem with my plan because the pipe exists, the pipe that I ran through, um, it exists just to attach the pulley to the low pulley to, well, the problem is, and I didn't realize this until I went to um, implement the solution, is that uh, that's right where the loading pin lands that has the, all the weight on it and everything. So it was in the way of that. I'm like, 
damn it. So I built a little platform that sits over the low pulley and the bar um, that the weight comes down and rests on instead. So, okay, solution there. That's good. Um, but the pulley itself, that bottom one, it needs to be replaced. Right now, it's like it's workable, but, man, it's kind of a little rough around the edges. I'm not really thrilled with how, how good it feels, so it needs to be fixed. Um, but nonetheless, options options. We're good. We're good. Um, so Cassandra, your question that you had, um, about what to do if, if running just beats the hell out of you, what are some other options? It's a great question. So, um, for the knees specifically, um, because if the issue was feet, ankles, you know, hip, something like that, I might have some different options. Um, for the knees, I mean, one the, the first thing that I would recommend is uh, jump rope because it is very, very similar to running, but it's a little less impactful. Now, you're still bouncing around a bunch. It may or may not be a good solution, but it's a really easy thing to try because you don't even need a jump rope to try it. You can just bounce up and down, pretend you're jumping rope for 30 seconds, see how your knee feels. If you're having knee issues, you're going to know if that's a problem or not. If it feels good, chances are, oh, okay, I'm good with this because I'm just kind of bouncing lightly. I'm not really, you know, having, you know, really, really hard impacts on anything. You can do it on different surfaces a lot more easily than you can with running. Um, so you can find a, uh, a more gentle surface. Um, and so that, that's, that's the, the easiest solution. Um, other than that, I, I would probably look to, um, you know, it depends on if we're trying to stay outside or go inside. I mean, you, you talked about doing some CrossFit workouts. You can certainly just do some bodyweight Metcon type stuff as well. You know, stuff that is going to have you doing some things. You might be doing some lunges. You might be doing some bodyweight squats. But again, um, with a lot of people, the issue is impact. And with some people, also their form. If you have a lot of heel-toe dominant running form, that's probably going to aggravate knees a lot faster than if you're more light on the ball of your foot and kind of falling forward. Um, so just... The other thing is, you know, uh, look at your running form, analyze it, and see if you can improve it. That'd be another thing. Um, you probably need to rest a little bit, and it's one of those things where you'll never be able to run on autopilot again. Probably you'll always have to think about what you're doing. Um, but running form and having good footwear is another key thing, too. So I wouldn't necessarily ditch running completely unless you know, like, yeah, all those things are good and on point, and we're fine there. So jump rope, Metcon-style workouts. Um, if you need ideas, I've got a couple of those posted on the website, um, I think. Well, I know. I just need to remind myself what it looks like here. If you go to the website, fivestarphysique.com, there's a little red notice. Important notice. Read my update and information post regarding coronavirus slash COVID-19, including a link to free bodyweight workouts. You can use it at home. If you find yourself dealing with gym closures, <laughs> if you find yourself dealing, yeah, should probably update that. <laughs> I think that was in March back when we were still thinking, hey, you know what? Some of this stuff might be happening here. Who knows? It was crazy. I go back and look at my first post there and probably listen to some of my earlier podcasts. I'm like, yeah, it might be a good idea to go back and edit that stuff when I was saying it wasn't a big deal. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm allowed to be an idiot. We all are, right? Um, so th those are the, the first places I would go. Like jump rope, test it out. Um, body weight conditioning workouts. Absolutely. Um, the, this, this is also assuming that you don't have access to a bike because if you did great hop on the bike, that's going to feel a lot better. Um, and another thing, um, that's often forgotten. If you do have a bike, I don't mean a stationary bike. I mean a real bike. You can turn it into a stationary bike by getting a trainer for it, which is always a good investment if you've got a bike and you need to do cardio because sometimes the weather isn't going to cooperate. Um, 
sometimes you know it just makes more sense to stay inside so um, that's a, a good solution as well get a trainer what that does is it just elevates your back tire so you can ride your bike as though it were stationary and uh, you can apply some friction to it usually as well so you get some resistance so um, those are the kind of things that I would be looking at personally um, between those I think you've got some good options and then of course you know always take take the opportunity to evaluate your running form make some adjustments on that if necessary because if you don't have to eliminate something um, as a possible option but you can just fix your form on it and still continue to use it that's always a winning solution right there okay and with that little edit there um <laughs> i'm uh, i'm mostly caught up uh, i think on voicemails there were two um that i had and these uh these came from a familiar voice that we've heard before emily who um had some uh some words of wisdom regarding the um coronavirus and reopening which um emily i like it and you uh you you did contact me afterwards and you're like yeah don't play that stuff i i would except i said before i, I wasn't going to uh lead with a bunch of news and stuff i'm not going to finish with a bunch of news either so i'm i'm saving on that i'm saving that stuff we might uh, might come back to that because there were some words of uh words words of wisdom from somebody who works in public health so i think i think they're worth hearing but we're going to save it for another day so um at this point, um, it, it's time for the, uh, the the Darren show. Um, do I have anything to go over here? I don't know. I mean, I've just been so so slammed with stuff lately. It's crazy, which is why this podcast hasn't been happening. I could regale you with stories of excuses all day long, but nobody cares about that. I've just been keeping really busy. Um, and a lot of that's just with uh, client check-ins. Things continue to be demanding on that front. You know, we're still in a position here where there's just a lot of stuff happening. A lot of things are uncertain, and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, people need stuff. Um, and so, uh, the amount of work that I put into each check-in has continued to stay up, you know, it went up in late March and it's kind of continued to stay there. Now we're into June. So just a little bit busier with that longer days, you know, starting early, um, sticking, you know, late, um, trying to squeeze in my own workouts as well, doing fairly well with that. I'm still not totally in a groove with the home workouts yet. Um, I'm on a five session rotation right now and everything's okay. I'm working through some physical mechanical issues that are making things a little bit more difficult. So, um, I guess one thing that might be worth digging in on a little bit is a notion of, um, What's the best way to describe this? I'll, I'll just start with my own my own personal experience here, and then we can we can kind of broaden this out into something a little bit wider. Um, so basically, what it comes down to is I suck at squats. I really do. I, I am a, a weak squatter. Uh, mechanically, they've always just been something really difficult that I've struggled with. Now that being said, if you were to look at me squat, you wouldn't see any big problems. Like everything structurally looks pretty sound. You know, my my form looks pretty solid. The problem is. It doesn't feel good, um, and I I know that squats are supposed to be hard. Okay, it ain't that. It ain't that. Um, it just doesn't feel right. Like there's a lot of um, a lot of unwelcome stress, pressure, and tension in in muscles. Like the the joints are okay with it for the most part. I feel you know it feels a little weak um, just above the knee um, in that spot there, but mostly it's just like you know it, my quads are just not happy with it. Like. It's not like they're working hard and they're fatigued. There's there's pain there. And I think it's related to tightness. And realistically, if I had to troubleshoot myself a little bit here, I think it's generally related to just a lack of mobility and lack of flexibility in general. So that's something that 
is going to become a bigger issue for me simply because as I go forward with working from home, um, which I will be doing for the foreseeable future here, working out from home, um, squats are kind of, they're going to kind of be a necessary staple in a leg workout. You know, I don't have a hack squat machine. I don't have a leg press. I don't have a squat machine or anything like that. You know, my, my equipment options are, are a lot more limited now. Um, I do have an extension and a, a line and a standing curl, which is great. I like that. Um, I can do some work with some cables for sure, um, which is going to be a little bit limited for legs, but nonetheless, the option is there. I've got a barbell, I've got dumbbells, um, and that's it. So um, squats are, are they are just going to have to be a staple exercise at this point. So I have some mechanical issues that I need to work through on that. Problem being, or, or the, the bigger picture there is, if you have problems with a movement, but you don't have like a significant physical contraindication saying that you shouldn't do it, like oh, I've had knee surgery. My orthopedist says I can't do leg extensions. Okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm going to assume that they know what they're talking about because a lot of doctors will say you shouldn't do leg extensions when there isn't really a reason not to. Um, but we'll go with the orthopedist on that and say, okay, cool. That, that's a legit reason. Or I've had, you know, shoulder repair and they say you don't do anything behind the back. Okay, that's fair. I'm fine with that. Um, but if it's more of like a, yeah, I just don't feel this exercise. This isn't clicking for me. I don't like this. Um, I'm not familiar with this. Well, guess what? Get familiar with it. Learn to like it. Learn to get better at it. Improve your skill. Um, you're going to get way more out of doing that than you will by just sticking to the five exercises that you know how to do well. You know, bodybuilding, it's about... it. it it's about exploration and it's about skill development. So instead of saying, you know, here, here is what it takes to have a winning mindset in bodybuilding. If you encounter a move and you're like, huh, I don't really, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with this. Let's dig in. Let's figure out how this works and how to make it work. That's a good bodybuilder right there. I don't care what the fuck you look like. That's a good bodybuilder right there. If someone encounters a move and they're like, this doesn't feel right. Let me just go back to something else. That's not a good bodybuilder right there. So that that's a, a big thing that um, I see that. A lot. And so I'm always pushing people like, and, and there are always movements that are more common for, to, to elicit a response like this than others. Biggest ones, front squat, Jefferson squat. And to be clear, some people shouldn't do those. I always want to see, I want to have you try because I'm a big believer in both of those movements. I think they're both good. Uh, but some people, you know, you look at like, their upper body flexibility and like how they hold and position a bar on a front squat. Like, yeah, you know, front squats aren't for you. That's fine. We'll move on. We'll do something else. If it's like, this movement is uncomfortable. Okay, yes, it is supposed to be uncomfortable. Now tell me why. Where is it uncomfortable? Why is it uncomfortable? Maybe we can adjust it. Maybe you just need to get used to it. With a Jefferson squat, it's usually like, this movement feels awkward. I'm like, yeah, no shit, look at it. I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to feel awkward. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's awkward. It can still be incredibly useful and be awkward. By the same token, some people, you know, if, if your arms are relatively short compared to everything else, you're going to struggle with that in a way that it might not be worth doing. So, you know, I'm not pig-headed about it. I'm not going to, you know, force a, a square peg in a round hole if it don't fit. Um, but I want you to try it. And if it doesn't work, I want to see it. Like, I, what I've learned to do is not trust anybody's uh, self-assessment of, uh, of why they shouldn't do a movement. I'm like, let me see it. Let me see it. I'll, I'll tell you if it's right or not. Because oftentimes, like with me and squats, you know, um, if I were to send my video of a squat, somebody would be like, that looks perfect. What the hell's your problem? Well, the problem is it hurts and it sucks, but that just gets to another issue there. And the, the main point behind that is 
if I fix the issue, the lack of mobility and flexibility that makes the squats more challenging for me and less optimal, I'm making everything more effective by doing that. The squats are just the area, the movement where I tend to feel it the most. If I really think about it, that sensation that I get, that feeling I get at the bottom of a squat and when I change directions and come back up, I feel that on a leg press. I feel that on an extension. I feel that on a lunge. I feel it everywhere. Squats are where I feel it the most and it becomes most objectionable. So um, in fixing that, in not running away from the problem, but tackling it head on, uh, you're likely going to make a big improvement overall. So I think that's a message that's worth taking home and worth playing with. Don't run away from your problems. So, um, but instead investigate why they're problems and then choose to fix it. And you might need some help with that. That's one of the big things that I do here. So, um, other than that, I've been working on, you know, as is usually the case, music stuff. Um, we are just about done. I had a studio day this last Friday, actually, Went in and did a little bit of guitar work for a few songs, but largely just sat down and went over everything with the producer. Um, I had my notes for every song. Um, some, tong- some songs were pretty brief, um, and some were like, okay, here's 15 things that I don't like about this song. We need to fix it. And <laughs> sometimes it was, we need to retract that. Sometimes it was, I hear the, the drums hiccup in this spot here. Sometimes it's, this is a little t- bit too loud. Sometimes, like, w- there's one song uh, where I'm like, as soon as it comes in, it just feels like it's missing something. And it gets it later on. And then, so you might say, well, why don't you just, whatever it gets later on, why don't you just bring it earlier in the song? Because it's got to grow. It's got to build. You know, it's got to have some sense of dynamic structure to it. So you can't, like, for a song like that, you want to come in and you want to be fairly aggressive with, with this particular song. But you don't want to come in guns blazing and just blowing the doors off the barn or anything like that, you know. So you've got to come in pulled back a little bit, but still, it's like the mix sounded really hollow. Like there's a whole frequency um, range that isn't accounted for in the mix. It's just missing something. So that's one thing where we still don't have a solution for that song yet. We're still thinking about that. We are uh, scheduled to go back in on what? Wednesday of this week, actually, and I think that's going to be a uh, like a, a vocal only day, probably. I think uh, that will be a day where. Um, the wife goes in and takes care of like some of the last uh, last few things that we still need to kind of bang out, um, which uh, every time she goes in, we come back with, with something a little bit more complete, a little bit more finished. It's just really cool. I really like it. And um, also our friend's going to go in, I think, for the afternoon of that day and work on some background vocals too. So, um, And then from there, it's just a question of, okay, what's left? Um, I have two songs left like when we went in when I went in last Friday we could go today we touched pretty much everything except for two songs so I want to go back in and look at those two but also right now what I'm doing is listening to the hell out of all of these and going back through my list of notes again and Travis the producer he warned me uh, last week he's like you don't want to overcook this thing it's like, you know, we're, we're right now we're at 20 days um, in the studio. Um, Wednesday will be day 21. I think it makes sense to do a day 22. He's like, if you're still in here for day 26, we got a problem. Like, you should be done by then. We need to make some decisions and just get done with stuff. So uh, that warning is uh, noted. Uh, I think uh, I think we'll be okay, realistically. So um, just because it, it, it ain't cheap. So... <laughs> I'm going to look to be done sooner rather than later. So, um, but it's getting there. It's getting really close. Um, the, the two remaining songs, there was the one that, um, we didn't come up with a solution yet. That just sounds like it's missing something. And then one of them is the title track. And honestly, I listen to that. I'm like, I'm really unimpressed with the rhythm guitars on that. 
like I think they're probably okay. I just think they sound really weak and really thin, and I want to fix that. The rest of it's pretty good. I'm okay with that. But I am going through things, and I'm making a, a mental list right now of things that I need to um, things that I really want to have just fixed and tweaked a little bit more. And then I'm going to go um, transcribe those probably this weekend into a written list and send that off to him and he can start working on that. He had his own list of stuff that he had as well. So we went through both of our lists on Friday and fixed a bunch of stuff really quick. There's still just a few things here and there. We still got a knockout. So that's the stage that we're in finishing touches, which is cool. Um, if you, uh, if you're curious, um, you can follow, um, the band, on either Facebook or Instagram. If you, on Facebook, if you just type Sketch Eclectic, um, you can find us, or on Instagram, it's Sketch Eclectic, at Sketch Eclectic Band. You can also find me on Facebook and just friend request me, because uh, I share a lot of the stuff there too. So um, that's all I got. We're, we're back in business, baby. We're back in business. So um, keep the calls coming, 865 518 2974. That is us. So um, you can also go to 5starphysique.com or thedropset.com. The number is posted right there. You can find me on Instagram at Darren underscore star, um, on Facebook, 5starphysique, uh, etc., etc. Everybody have a great weekend.